Thank you. Welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I am your host, TJ Stevens. Step in. Joining me as always, Dollar Bill Dave. Hey, y'all. And Timmy C. Who? Mm. Please, uh, we're going to pull that back out. Uh, that was a double pun. Please remember to subscribe <laughs> and like this show wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, follow the show on Twitter at FF Podcast, on Instagram at Filter Free Podcast, follow the network on Twitter at Filter Free Net. Also, you can become a Patreon member of ours at www.patreon.com forward slash Filter Free Timmy. Tell them what's in store when they become a Patreon member. Well, you will get legends. Let's rethink this. We recently had Nick Aldis on. We're getting ready to have Mike Kyoto on. By the time this drops, we will probably have had Mike Kyoto on. Yes, it would have been this. Coming this. What is today? Wednesday? (laughs) So it would have been as this. Next Monday. So it would have been the day before. It would have been. Yeah, it would have have done it yesterday. Carry the three. Yeah, math. Jesus. All right. In the fall, you will have football. Let's get paid with Tim and Dave. Dave's using his pay to get a house now, apparently. It was that good. You will have the number one show on this network, other than us, Evolution of Evil, with the fun director, Justin Yent, and Step Hens. Hmm. You will also have wrestling with commercials with Dave and us, apparently, which we're still kind of working the kinks out. It'll be soon. Yes, it's coming. Probably going to be a live show, too, Mm. so everyone can enjoy our fantastic shit. The Chin Gym. Plus our 2023 list of bus rides and events that aren't going to happen, but maybe some top golf. But I found something that I'm going to pitch to you guys later that I think we could have some fun with that is sort of wrestling related and maybe we do it as a group i like it brad williams brad williams nashville august oh i would say we're gonna host our own wrestling cart i I mean we can do midget wrestling with brad williams i don't i don't know if we've ever shared this with the uh the crowd but the listener base here but our our goal has always been to one day actually host our own cart can i Wrestle Casio Kid because I know I'll win that one. Yeah. Oh, not us wrestling, but right. Uh, okay, my bad. I mean, maybe you know. I had that jacked up. Um, I mean, we could probably take on like Moonshine Mantel three on one. He'd probably still win. Nah, I've saying, seen that. Yeah. I seen that chop. I don't want to. I want to get involved with that. I, I felt that chop. Um, we are, as we are recording this, we had just had the Josh Oden tribute show this past weekend and whew, overwhelmed. Thank you guys so by much. Your generosity and your, your interactions with the show are highly, most highly rated live show ever. I think outside of Aldous and rightfully so. I don't uh, even think outside of Aldous, like we for 12 hours, pretty oh, much. Maintained maintained a pretty good audience so i was very happy a lot of interaction but of course and this is probably timmy just trying to downplay it but he was like you guys the say by the pod reunion is not that big a deal it's not gonna you know mean much that was the highest rated 
section of the show by far. It was not even close. Was to say by the Potter reunion. Well, it was funny because when we went into our little spiel after it, and I said it had nothing to do with me. It was just those guys, and they're the talent. I literally got pulled from this show because they were calling me. They were going, "What the hell are you saying?" I'm like, "Come on!" Yeah. Everybody knows the real talent of Saved by the Pod was Efren and Polly. I I am the village idiot of that show. That was that was my job there. Because yeah. we all know Richard Carn. Well, he he actually is dead. But do you know what I just saw on Twitter that made me laugh because it made me think of you? What? So I'm sure everyone knows because I know, and I know if I know about this, then other people know about it. Um, my uh, I almost said Miley Cyrus. Uh, the hell's Taylor Swift has broke up with her boyfriend. I'm in, and people kept making these tweets where they would Photoshop her walking with like who you know her make believe boyfriend that she was going to be with next, and one of them was home Me? improvement home improvement oh. guru. Whatever Richard, Richard Karn, whatever Richard Karn's name was, <laughs> and I about pissed my pants. I was laughing. He's hard. dead. It's it was him and the him and the green flannel on the tool belt. It was phenomenal. It's gonna be me. What was his name on Home Improvement? Al Borland. Al Borland. Thank you. Rest, That's right. Rest in peace. Richard he's Karn. not dead. He is. Still. He's totally dead. Mm-mm. No. No. <laughs> no, sir. He's totally dead. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone. Um, I believe as of this recording, we have all of, all of the contributions in. We cleared sixteen grand. We have we have two. We have two. two we two outstanding. Two outstanding. One being the largest outstanding, mm. and the other one, uh, yeah. We won't we won't call them out because they don't deserve that. But um, over sixteen grand. So you guys have been, and actually, when we get all the donations, it'll be over seventeen. And I talked to Carla last night. Actually, she messaged me and was like, "Oh, I missed your birthday." But she didn't know my birthday, so that was okay. Um, but uh, she also said that she received in mail-in donations $6,500. Wow. So I, I think we chalked that up to our leaderboard as well since it came from wrestling fans. Is, is that who it came from? Yep. She that's said. Out- she said, "From your community, sixty five hundred dollars." That's outstanding. Whoever did that, that good job, guys. Not yeah. not not one donation of sixty five hundred dollars. Right. It was multiple. But that's why, like, I just wonder who who all was involved with that. I want to know what creepy bastard was searching out their address to send him money, though. Yeah, I went to his funeral. And I don't know his address. I know he lives far. That's all I know. I mean, I know where I know what town he lives in now, but that's it. <laughs> I just know the town. Um, but yeah, uh, we get well, a couple guest host spots were bedded on. We got, um, who was it? Mike Bober and Ed Prather are on the Pondwater Dave show. Brandy Wagner and Amy are coming on Evolution of Evil. What was we the got a couple one? cameos going out? I well, I get one of them, Rebel. That was mine. Are you going to talk her into doing it topless? I don't know if I'm that sweet of a talker. <laughs> You may need Dave for that one. I mean, you've I've been on you've been doing this with me for over two years now. You should know better. I'm not I'm not the uh, I'm pretty blunt. <laughs> I'm not a great uh, persuade. Really? Oh yeah, I know it's weird, but um, but yeah, it's just been overwhelming and um, it's a great honor to Josh. That's all I can. It say. It was, and his family is very appreciative of it. 
I hope to get to meet his son in Abilama. Great kids. I hope they're coming for that. Um, I just want to give him a hug. I really mm-hmm. do. Also, I do. Um, I felt like such an ass at the time. But it's literally the only time in the entire stream I said the F word. And I even said, I'm going to use my one F bomb right now. Because it was in context, right? Whatever I was saying at the time. I didn't realize his son had his headphones on. Yeah, that was a good laugh. We're like, great. You decide to use it then. Good so job. I'm like, I th- I thought they'd made the switch back with the head. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible person. That's okay. <laughs> but um, now we have to wait for fucking Dave to get back here. <clears throat> and we're back. Now it's time for stories that missed the cut. I uh, deleted this entire intro section. This week, we're going back to June 30th, 1984, as we relive some Mid-South Wrestling. But before we do that, let's see what was happening in your world yesterday. Let's run through some adventure free. <laughs> I hit the wrong song. God damn it. Stories that missed the cut, June 4th. Golf legend Arlo Palmer fails to qualify for the U.S. Open. The first U.S. Open that didn't have Arnie in it since 1952. I like drinking Arnold Palmer. They're delicious. I'm actually drinking one now. I, vodka, I that cup vodka is, and uh, Arizona iced tea Arnold Palmer light. That cup is stupid, by the way. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz. What about it? It is first is Major Chicago League home Bears? run tonight. 458 hey, hey. feet. It is June 7th. They've already given up 30 runs this month. Uh, we have a better record than the Cubs. Well, to be fair, in one game last month, the Rays gave up 20 runs. That's true. We're talking about June 4th. Bruce Springsteen releases his seventh studio album, Born in the USA. The album would top the charts in 11 countries, selling 30 million copies worldwide. I had this. this missed the cut. I had this cassette. I don't know if we've ever done an album on Stories in the Wheelhouse. Ever. I could do that. Purple there Rain. was a lot of good shit on that. Purple Rain. You may see some of it later. Uh, either Bad or Thriller one time. That's, oh, that's right, yeah. Well, I think we just did the Thriller song. We could no, do we, uh, we Crack Rear View by Hootie and the Blowfish. We were supposed to do that so we could sing it, and you didn't put it in the music. You're a douche. June 4th. DNA is cloned from an extinct animal successfully. Dodo Bird? Uh, sure. It didn't specify. June 5th, Indira Gandhi orders the attack on the Golden Temple in Amritsar, the site of, of, of the Sikh. On June 6th, this results in the death of over 1,200 people. Who? To which part? All of that? All of it, yeah. Okay. June 6th, Tetris is released in the Soviet Union. Have you guys seen that movie yet? Tetris? No. Yeah, the new Tetris movie. It's like a it's like a documentary. It's, it's, the, it's, not the, it's the true story on Tetris and how it not, all came apart. It's not Tetris the movie. It's just that some was, dude playing Tetris for two and a half hours. So apparently it's really, really good. And it's the story it's like I guess the story of how Tetris was released is insane. It's got Taron Egerton in it. Oh, so I, it's on my it's on my list to watch. I'll watch it. He was in the uh he was in the new Robin Hood movie. He played uh, the singer guy. Not Robin Brian Hood. Adams? He played Brian Adams? Three Musketeers. Look into my eyes. Who's the British singer guy? Rod Stewart? 
Mick Jack, Elton John. Elton John. He played Elton John. In a Robin Hood movie? Yes. No. What does Robin Hood movie. have to do with Elton John? I, I, you know what? I would love a, like a, a, a true to time Robin Hood movie and then El, uh, El, I almost said Elvis. And then Elton John just comes out on a piano playing Saturday Night's on Night. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell is that? For one, what is he wearing? And two, what is he playing? Because they didn't have piano. June 9th, Cindy Lauper releases her first hit, Time After Time, which would rise to number one. Hey, thanks for stealing my music, shithead. If you lost, then you look, and you will find it. Time after time. Well, goodness, you guys have already given you a a clue as to one of the songs for Triviopi tonight. I know we've been doing this for just over two years, but you may have noticed I put the notes out first. So it's not like I just snuck this in at the last second. It's been in the whole Yeah, but then you already know it. And if I delete it, you know it's going to show up. <laughs> Actually, I probably would have forgotten by now. June 11th, the U.S. Supreme Court declares that illegally obtained evidence may be admitted at trial if it can be proven that it would have been discovered legally. What? Have you not seen that? Like, Law and Order? That doesn't make any sense. Sorry, I the turned e- that down. The yeah, evidence could have been obtained legally, but we just chose not well, to. Well, it's saying if there was eventual discovery of it, How then it's fine. That? Well, all right. Let's say a cop um, beats the hell out of a guy and gets him to tell him something. <laughs> Rodney King. Oh, you meant interrogation. No, interrogation. Yes. Gets him to, to tell him something. If they can prove that eventually that would have been discovered... It's admissible. I don't like it. Well, it seems shady. You. They should Slim shady. No, I, mean, I, was, I wasn't born yet. Eat the shit out of me. them. Get the info. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> June 15th. Thomas Hearns retains the WBC light middleweight title, title over Roberto Duran at Caesars Palace. This is the first time that Duran was knocked out. Hitman. The real hitman. Brett. Yeah. No. Is he related to Duran Duran? Yes. Cool. I was going to sing a song, but I forgot the lyrics. So never mind. June fifteenth, uh, June fifteenth, big time, Timmy Jim. Tin Linscombe is born. That's Ordinary World. Duran Duran. You're thinking of um, Ordinary World is the one I was going to. Well, say. I want a new. No. I don't know. Who it's knows? Carrie Hart. Duran Duran. Tell with Duran Duran. I don't know any songs by Duran Duran. I just said one. Ordinary World. Never seen it. And if I lie to find my way to the ordinary world. We're only halfway through the month. I just want, want you guys to know that. June 16th, former 2002 number one pick in the NHL, Rick Nash is born in Ontario. Never heard of him. That's Steve's dad? Yes, and you, you don't watch hockey, so I'm not shocked. June tw- Ju- Ice I almost, soccer. I almost said July. June 24th. Joe Morgan sets the home run record for a second baseman with 265. He's now fifth behind Rogers Hornsby, Ryan Sandberg, Robinson Cano, and Jeff Kent, who has 354. Now, the reason why Morgan is considered to be ahead of Hornsby is because Rogers played three different infield positions and Hornsby retired in 1937. Cincinnati Reds legend, Joe Morgan. And And Hall of Famer. And Houston Astros. And no, no. San Francisco Giants. Fire Joe Morgan.com. 
June 25th, Prince releases the Purple Rain album, which I'm pretty sure we've covered on this show. Purple, Purple Rain. Rain. Purple rain. rain. Dumbass. Purple rain. That's I was waiting for that. Because you shit on him every chance you get on the show. I hate him. I know. I June, don't care that he's dead. <laughs> wow. June 26th. Aubrey Plaza is born on the same day as Utah Jazz point guard Darren Williams. Who is I, Aubrey I Plaza? A, I have a thing for Aubrey Plaza. I don't know. Who is, is she? There. She is hot. She that's what she is. She that doesn't explain about, to me who she is. I'll send you a picture of her and you'll know who she is. There is something about her. She naked? There's she's in movies naked, yeah. Naked. I'm in. Naked gun. June 26, 52-year-old Tiny Tim marries 23. I'm not 52. Jan Jan Alweiss. They would divorce in 1995. And I think it's because Jerry Brawler broke his ukulele on Monday Night Raw. That's what happened. Have you ever seen Parks and Recreation? Nope. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's in it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know that is. Help now. me. Well, let's see it. Don't just talk about it. Yeah. I've got a thing for her, man. She's got what? abs. Why does she have tits on her belly? They're called yeah. abs, dum dum. No, I don't think those are abs. Those are like rib cages. I think that's a ribs. Pretty Is this sure. a rib? I think that I think that's a rib. I mean, she's an attractive lady. Don't get me wrong. She's really funny. Like, re- she goes on the late night shows and she just acts like a goofball. And she's acting she like she might be my second soulmate besides Jandy. So you're saying she's talented? Yeah, I like her. Well, let's do the opposite of talented. June 27th, one of the members of the Kardashians who made it popular to be become famous without contributing a single thing to society, Chloe, is born in Los Angeles. I'm glad uh, that missed the cut. Do you have an issue with that, Timmy? I think all the Kardashians are worthless. something to society. They're worthless. Yeah, being a whores. Whores. That's what they contribute. Thank you. June 29th, Oral Hershiser began his streak of pitching in every scheduled start, which would last until 1990. And in the same day, Philadelphia Phillies legend Pete Rose passes Carl Yastrzemski on the all-time games playlist as Rose plays at <laughs> number three, 3,309. I stole your thunder. And in 1984, he was a Cincinnati Reds legend. Montreal Excellent. Expos, I th- great. I think, in, I think in 84 he was an Expo. <laughs> Producer, look that up because I'm wondering now. June 30th, the longest professional football game ever takes place as the LA Stop. Express. It's a USFL game. You can't claim that it's professional. Hey, uh, But that's not USFL from these days. USFL was legit. Either way. When they had Steve Young and Herschel Walker and Jim Kelly and Doug Williams. They were legit, you stupid dummy face. Yeah, dummy face. They were not. They were not. Doug Flutie. (laughs) That's your argument, Doug Flutie? Doug Flutie. That's my exclamation (laughs) point. The longest professional football game ever takes place is the LA Express beat the Michigan Panthers 27-21 to in the USFL playoffs. The game lasted 93 minutes and 33 seconds, which doesn't sound like a long time. That's game minutes. That's two games and three minutes and 33 seconds. Well, most games no. are 60 minutes. No, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, you game are terrible at math. Well, not in the USFL. In the USFL, they were only 45. 
See, the first quarter no. was 12 minutes. The second quarter was nine minutes. And the third <laughs> quarter was 13 minutes. What a joke. And then the fourth quarter was 47 minutes. <laughs> then they had to go to overtime for 22 minutes. <laughs> Math expert Timmy C over here. Stories in the wheelhouse. Judy, we killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Was the 22-minute overtime? Yes. June 8th, it's an action-packed day at the theaters as both the Ghostbusters and the Gremlins are released in theaters. I'll let my cohorts take the Ghostbusters, and I want to talk about the Gremlins. The film, which is classified as a black comedy horror film, stars Zach Galligan, Phoebe Cates, Hoy Axton, Francis Lee McCain, and Polly Holiday. It was written by Christopher Columbus, who would later discover America. Good for him. And directed by Joe Dante. Randall Peltzer, an inventor who's down on his luck, goes to an antique store in Chinatown, because that's where I would go, looking for a Christmas present for his son. While he's looking, he finds a little furry creature called a mogwai. Originally, the owner of the store refused to sell it, but the owner's grandson agrees to sell it with some rules attached. Don't expose it to light. Don't get it wet. And don't feed it after midnight, which I've always wondered how it knew it was midnight. Well, can you feed it at 6 a.m.? Because last I checked, that's after midnight. And what time zone is this? I have questions. They seem seem very Chinese. Plot hole. There's a plot hole in Gremlins, for fuck's sake. Plot hole. Christopher Columbus, quit discovering America and get here. Get off your wooden ship, take a shower, and then fix this. Randall gives the Mogwai to his son, and of course, rules are broken and shenanigans ensue because it'd be boring if that didn't happen. The film was made on an $11 million budget and grossed $212.9 million, becoming a huge box office success. This film was also one of the first of many roles for blossoming child actor Corey Feldman. The voice of Gizmo was Howie Mandel. Deal or no deal? Hot take here. Gremlins 2 is better than Gremlins 1. It has Hulk Hogan in it. Exactly. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily a hot take. No. Oh. I watched Gremlins one with my kid over Christmas. It was terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're adults now, oh, and we yeah. just doing the syn- just reading the synopsis. We poked holes in it. <laughs> on a budget in the neighborhood of thirty million dollars, Ghostbusters grossed more than two hundred ninety-five million at the box office. It's pretty good. Ghostbusters went on to critical acclaim and became a cultural phenomenon, releasing multiple sequels, a cartoon, and even video games for nerds like TJ and Quello to play. I'm pretty sure I, I have at least two of them. All while becoming a multi-billion dollar multimedia franchise. The film was well-received for its blend of action, comedy, and horror, and Bill Murray's performance was often singled out for praise. Opening to generally positive reviews, Ghostbusters was given three out of four stars from film critic Roger Ebert, who cited it as a rare example of successfully combining a special effects-driven blockbuster with sly dialogue. Ebert noted the effects existed to serve the actors' performances and not the reverse, saying it is an exception to general rule that big special effects can wreck a comedy. One of my favorite movies ever. Fun facts time! Since TJ didn't want me to do Gremlins, I guess I'll do this other one. Mm. 
In the middle of the film's initial release to keep interest going, Ivan Reitman ran a trailer. It was basically the commercial to Ghostbusters that was used in the movie, but the 555 number was replaced with a 1-800 number, allowing people to actually call in. And then it was just a recording. Wow. Congratulations. The character of Winston was meant to have joined the team much earlier and would have been slimed at the hotel. But when Eddie Murphy declined the role, the script was rewritten to have Winston appear about halfway through the film. Thank you. Your services are barely needed. I don't know if Eddie Murphy fits in this movie. Oh, he'd have been great. Like, I liked, I liked the Winston we got. They'd have gotten slimed. He'd have been like, all right. That first laugh was Louis Skolnick from Revenge of the Nerds, by the way. My bad. Missed it. Harold Ramis only intended to write the film. He decided to play Dr. Egon Spengler after he felt he was the best person suited for the role. How would you not know that when you were writing it? It's true. Exterior scenes of the Ghostbusters headquarters were filmed at the Hook and Ladder Number 8 Firehouse in the Tribeca section of New York City. It's still there. It's a restaurant now. I don't think so. Insert cricket. Producer, look it up. Well, he's still supposed to look up what team Pete Rose was placing for in 84, and he hasn't done that yet either. So, Yeah, he looked up Oral Hershiser. Quit it, crickets, by the way. Quit it, crickets. Early publicity for the film was a, te- was a teaser campaign featuring just the circle with a line through it, no ghost logo, as the came, 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 came. As the campaign built, the Ecto-1 was also driven around the streets of Manhattan. June 9th, one of the pioneers and biggest names in comedy music ever, Weird Al Yankovic, performs at the Starlight Amphitheater. We're not going to focus on this on this concert specifically. That would be weird. But instead, just focus on Weird Al himself because we probably won't have many chances to talk about him again. And he certainly deserves the story. Al got his start on the Dr. Demento show, radio show, which was based out of Southern California. Even go as far as saying, quote, if there hadn't been a Dr. Demento, I'd probably have a real job by now. Any of you guys seen the Weird Al movie yet? No, but I want to. UHF? Yes, I saw it. That's not excellent movie. I was talking about the one with Harry Potter playing Weird Al. I, I want to see it. Looks funny. I haven't seen it. So I want to see it. Dr. Demento actually spoke at Al's high school. And I should clarify, this is not Damien Demento. It's Dr. Demento. Yeah, he went to college for it. Yeah, correct. Um, Al was only 16 years old when Demento spoke at his high school. I deserve that. And Al gave Dr. Demento a copy of his homemade cassette tape. Of which one of the songs, Belvedere Cruisin', which is based off his family's Plymouth Belvedere, actually made the radio. Mr. Belvedere? I'm Mr. Belvedere. I liked him. I do too. Bob Hooker. Is it my go? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> this is my turn! This is how the show goes. <laughs> After his first comedy song aired on the Dr. Domino radio show, Weird Al has sold more than 12 million albums, recorded more than 150 parodies and original songs, 
and performed more than 1,000 live shows. It's pretty good. Furthermore, his work has earned him five Grammy Awards along with 11 other nominations, four gold records, and six platinum records in the United States. It's pretty good. Arguably his most famous song, Amish Paradise. A parody of Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise reached number 53 on the top Billboard 100 singles in 1996, some 20 years after his debut debut in the genre. The best part of that is when he's turning butter and it looks like he's not. I, I used to have this in that entire song memorized. Reportedly, Coolio's label gave Weird Al the impression that Coolio had granted permission to record the parody, but Coolio maintained that he never did. While claiming to be upset, Coolio never pursued legal action, but did accept royalty payments for the song. Of course they did. After this controversy, Yankovic always made sure to speak with the artist directly before he, before every song he parodied. In an interview in 2014, Coolio extended his apology for refusing his permission, stating that at the time, I was being cocky and shit and being stupid, and I was wrong and I should have embraced that shit and went with it, and that he considered Weird Al's parody actually funny as shit. It is. He, like, he likes the word shit. Yes, he yeah, does. Or liked, liked the word shit. He also I, liked crack. I also... I, and I find terrible it, hair. I, I find it hilarious that he parodied um, bad and what was the other Michael Jackson song? Beat it. Beat it. Eat it. And Madonna's uh, Like a Virgin. Like a and Surgeon. He, yeah. and, and people are like, well, why would he make fun of my song? Because that means you're over dick. He doesn't mess around with his anybody. Well, let's talk about the beep we didn't. On numerous occasions, Prince refused Yankovic permission to record parodies of his songs because he's a dickhead. <laughs> how did you how did you turn this into a Prince story? Yankovic related one story where before the American Music Awards, where he and Prince were assigned to sit in the same row, he got a telegram, which is really fucking odd from Prince's management company <laughs> demanding he not even make eye contact with the artist. What in the hell is wrong with you, you bastard? If somebody ever sends me a telegram, <laughs> you won't know how to receive it. Or a fax or an email or a text message or calls me and says, don't even make eye contact. You can bet your sweet ass I'm going to park out right in front of them and stare at them the whole fucking time. I, I will eye fuck you till you've had enough. <laughs> I will eye fuck, <laughs> I'm I fuck them? I wish uh, I just it is my greatest wish that somebody was staying in there reading Word Al the telegram like in the cartoon days. <laughs> Dear Word Al, stop. Don't I hope look it, at Prince. Stop. I hope it was a Western Union guy on a horse that delivered it to him. <laughs> what a tool. Among parodies that Yankovic had ideas for included one based on Let's Go Crazy about the Beverly Hillbillies, which is odd. Yellow Snow is a parody for Purple Rain, which would have been great. That would have been yeah. hilarious. 1999 is an infomercial with a call-in number ending in 1999 and parodies of Kiss and When Doves Cry. Now, he was going to do the whole album. Those would have been awesome. Yes, they yes. would have been. <laughs> now Paul I want to hear me. Yellow Snow. Yellow, yellow Snow. snow. <laughs> Paul McCartney, also a Yankovic fan, refused Yankovic permission to Record a parody of Wings' Live and Let Die. 
titled Chicken Pot Pie. (laughs) (laughs) It gets better. Because according to Yankovic, McCartney is, quote, a strict vegetarian, and he didn't want a parody that condoned the consumption of animal flesh. Have you ever told y'all I hate the Beatles? Well, you should hate wings for that one. And actually, it was Yankovic who decided to not do it. So you should hate him for that. Paul McCartney is stupid. (laughs) I mean, he he parodied American Pie by Don McLean. It wasn't Chicken Pot Pie, though. No. Chicken Pot Pie. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been Chicken Pot Pie. Can I I tell you how sad I am that that did not happen? You know, I'm not sad about that one. 84, we got another classic June 12th. What would a show be that takes place in June without the NBA Finals? And what would a show be that's based in the 80s be without the NBA Finals consisting of the LA Lakers and the Boston Celtics? Really? Yep. I don't like seven-game series that are good. Hmm. (laughs) The Celtics beat the Lakers in seven games to win the NBA title. This was the eighth time the Celtics and the Lakers met in the finals, and this series made Boston 8-0 in those meetings, which is bananas. This was also the first NBA title the Celtics won at home since 1966. Because they didn't do a lot of winning after 1966. That's not true. Is it? How many championships they won? Uh, 16 now. How many of them they win after 66? After the merger? Seven. One. It's not one. They, they won one. I think it's Paul like Pierce, three. I think it's like three. Ten. Give me a second. No, they Ten. haven't won ten. <laughs> well, I, th- I think Bill Russell won nine. So <laughs> there you go. This was uh, what was, was I doing? We could have done this entire episode on this series because listen to these lineups. The Celtics had Danny Ainge, Dennis Johnson, Cedric Maxwell. Ce- it's not Maxwell. Maxwell. Cedric Maxwell. What I would that? have loved it. He had tapes. He did. Robert <laughs> Parrish, the Hawk, Kevin McHale, and Indiana State legend Larry Bird. The, the chief. Late- he had Ro- Kevin Parrish or Robert Parrish, the chief. The Lakers had Michael Cooper. Roscoe Parrish. Roscoe Parrish. Future Roscoe G- B. Goldtrain. Future GM Mitch Kupchak, which is a great uh, time to turkey tap your friends. Hey, who's the GM of the Lakers? Mitch Kupchak, and then you tap him in the dick. Bob McAdoo, Kurt Rambis, Byron Scott, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Magic Johnson. The Celtics were coached by former Celtics star Casey Jones, while the Lakers had Pat Riley on the bench. All in all, 14 Hall of Famers were involved, four Celtics players, five Lakers players, both coaches, and three refs. Is that the guy from Ninja Turtles? Which one? Casey, Casey Jones? Jones? Yes. <laughs> yes. With the hockey mask? He was riding that train high on cocaine. Averaging 27 points hey, and 14 no, no, stop. rebounds. Stop it. How many? So the answer is eight. So it's half before 1966 and half afterwards. All right. When was the NBA, the NBA, ABA merger though? 1977. Okay. So give me that stat. 
Okay, so then it's six. They won four in the 80s, Dum Dum. Okay, and since then, terrible. Two. They won one. No, they won won three in the 80s, and then they won one in 2008. Okay, so they got four. 76, so they won one at the merger. Mm -hmm. Doesn't count. (laughs) Doesn't count. Chicken pot pie. Averaging 27 points and 14 rebounds per game during the series, Larry Bird was named the finals MVP. Boston won 62 regular season games to be the number one overall seed in the playoffs, while the Lakers, having the best record in the West, only won 54 games. They must be terrible. This is where it gets good. Game five in Boston was known as the Heat game. And no, we're not talking about Miami. I was going to say, they weren't even a franchise. As it was played under 97-degree heat without any air conditioning at Boston Garden. That's disgusting. The Celtics did not warm up with their sweatpants on because of the extreme heat. And an oxygen tank was provided to give air to an aging Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was like 40 here, so yeah. Referee Hugh Evan was the only real casualty of the night, though. During the first half of the game, Evans became dehydrated and fainted and had to be replaced in the second half by referee John Vanek. Could you imagine being in the stands there? That had to be miserable. They don't have air conditioning in Boston? Is that what I'm to understand? And the smell. Oh. Imagine if it were wrestling. That would have been terrible. Smelled like old cabbage in there. (laughs) (laughs) It probably smelled like old cabbage anyway. (laughs) During the finals, Magic Johnson and Murison. Smells like cabbage. Smells like cabbage. (laughs) During the finals, Magic Johnson averaged 18 points on 56% shooting, 13.6 assists, and 7.7 rebounds per game. Johnson later described the series as, quote, the one championship we should have had but didn't get. Pretty sure the referees were in the pockets of the Celtics. Oh, shut up. Racism. What? What are you talking about? Lots of white guys on the Celtics. Racism. I'm pretty sure it was pretty even. Yeah. It was the 80s NBA. Kurt Rambis. Kurt Rambis doesn't count as a white guy. Also, have you seen Pat Riley? Yeah, he's he's still in the game. What about John C. Riley? You ever seen him? I've seen. <laughs> I need the meme of him. Love John C. Riley. <laughs> if he ain't first, you're last. I'm gonna put my nutsack on your drum set. I think this is gonna be fun uh, because I'm playing Moby time. Dick. I'm playing Moby Dick for real. I think it's time for box score trivia. Because you don't trust anyone, or they can misconstrue, misconstrue your work. Just all won't get fine, boss. <laughs> but today, I'm the greatest of all time. You like that? Here we go. We need to update that. There's no basketball clips in there. That's true. 
Box score trivia, NBA edition for 1984. This should get ugly. We're Games start, worthy. We're going to start with points per game. Larry Bird. Let's do four. Larry Bird, seventh with 24.2. We have another kid running. She ain't naked. No, my, yeah, mine was naked. <laughs> it's pronounced naked. Though. Naked. No Magic Johnson, by the way. 84. Um... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem, and I don't know why this website gives the top 20, but they do. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number 18, 21 and a half. There's two. Oh, we're doing top 20? Sweet. Yeah. Um, oh, I need two Larry more. Bird. You already said that. Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish. No. Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale. No. Dr. J. Julius Irving. Number 12, 22.4. There's three. Moses Miguel Malone. Jordan. Mo- I don't think Jordan was in the league yet. Moses Malone, number 11 with 22.7. There's your, he was drafted, I think he was drafted in 84. Yeah, I thought he was drafted in 83. He was drafted in 84, you ignorant shit. <laughs> so here's the rest of your top 20. No teams, just names. Kelly Trapuca, Isaiah Thomas, Dominique Wilkins. Eddie Atlanta Johnson. Hawks. Thank you. Jeff Ruland. This says World Be Free, but that cannot be his real name. World Be Free? World Be Free. <laughs> of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Somebody look that up. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. I Rol- think you got butt cracked. Rolando Blackman. World no- Be Free, American professional basketball player. That's crazy. What, what That's was his real name? He was... <laughs> he was born Lloyd Bernard Free. Wow. Prince of Midair, Brownsville Bomber, and All World. I do love Prince of, of Midair. That's great. Purvis Short, Terry Cummings, Mike Mitchell, George Gervin, Bernard King, Alex English, Kiki Vandeway, Mark McGuire, and Adrian Dantley led the league Mark at 30.6. McGuire? Mark Uguire. Oh, I would say that. Dude All right. Kind of- how does Adrian Dantley lead the league and I have never heard of him. Because he's the year before Jordan. I've never heard of Will Be Free and now I'm missing out on life. The world where it's like BJ before Jordan. Mm. Let's do yeah, thank you. Let's do some uh, rebounds per game. Again, we'll do top four here. Let's see if we can get four. Parrish. Robert Parrish, number seven at 10.7. Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. He's a point guard. No. Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton. Kiki Vanderway. Nope. World be free. World, no world be free. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer, number four, 12.2. There's two. We need two more. Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright, number 19. Bonus point if you can guess the team he played for. Not the Bulls. No. Uh, The Edmonton Oilers. Washington Bullets. Nope. He played for the New York Knicks here in 83, 84. San Franciscan Vaginas. 8.4 rebounds. I love baseball. We still got one more to get. We still got one more. Um... Trying to think of old school big dudes. 
Moses Malone. Moses Malone led the league with 13.4. Here's the rest of your top 20. Carl Malone. carry this shit. Larry Nance, Michael Thompson, LaSalle Thompson, Larry Smith, Rick Mahorn, Indiana legend Clark Kellogg, Terry Cummings. Clark Kellogg? What? Yeah. Jim Nance. Jim Nance. (laughs) (laughs) Maurice Lucas, Dan Roundfield, Larry Bird, was number 10, Dave Greenwood, Cliff Robinson, Lee Greenwood. Jazzly. And I'm proud. I knew it. Where at least I know I'm free. And you can bore. Jack Sigma, Ralph Sampson, Jeff Ruland, and Buck Williams is your top 20. Buck, Buck I never Williams. heard of Buck Williams. I literally he mentioned related him on, to Buckwheat. I I literally mentioned him on the last week's show with the Bulls and the Blazers. Okay. Because he played for the Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, now we're going to do top 20 assists per game. Let's do three. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson led the league at 13.1. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas was tied for second with 11 points. Larry Bird. Larry Bird, 13th at 6.6. There you go. Here's the rest. Tim, I don't even need you in 84. Here's Here's the rest of your top 20. BJ Armstrong. Not in the league. Allen Level. Jerry Sighting. LeBron James, Rob LeBron Williams, James, twice. Michael Cooper, Ray Williams, hanging with Mr. Cooper, hanging with Mr. Cooper, Kelvin Ramsey, nope, Mo Cheeks, Mo, oh yeah, Rory Sparrow, Frank Johnson, Brad Davis, Larry Drew, World Be Free, Enos Watley of your I Chicago love him Bulls. on the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Gus Williams, huh? Ricky Green, Johnny Moore, John Lucas, and tied for second with Isaiah Thomas, Norm Nixon of the San Diego Clippers. Norm Nixon. He related to Richard. I loved him on uh, Cheers. And, oh, hey, Norm. And that has been Box for Trivia much better than I thought it was going to. Well done, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. June 20th. The baseball story that bumped Joe Morgan, because again, I don't know when this player will ever come up again. Dave Kingman of the Oakland A's hits his third Grand Slam of 1984 and the 14th Grand Slam of his career. Kingman was one of the original players whose sole purpose in the lineup was to hit for power. Dave King Kong Kingman debuted for the San Francisco Giants on July 30th, 1971. After being drafted by the Angels in the second round of the 1967 draft, there's first round in 68 by the Orioles, but he chose to go to USC instead. Kingman was originally a pitcher before moving to the outfield when at USC, while at USC. In 1969, Kingman as a pitcher went 11-4 with an ERA of 1.38 for the Trojans and had less than stellar hitting stats, batting 250 with four home runs and 16 RBI. In the 1970 NCAA championship, he batted 355 with nine homers and 25 RBI and led USC to the College World Series. He only spent <laughs> Sarah. in 1971. Yeah. Sure. Think they didn't have him? No, I think they just had Coke in 1971. I don't think they had steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure they did. <laughs> 
He only spent two seasons in the minors, hitting combined 286 with 41 home runs and 144 driven in. He would spend the next 16 seasons in the majors with eight different teams, with his longest tenure coming with the Giants from 1971 to 74. Hitting for power was the name of the gang for Kingman. And I'm quite certain we will never talk about him again. As am I. Because he has steroids. During his 16-year career, Kingman hit 442 home runs, had 1,210 RBIs. He averaged a home run every 15.11 at-bats, tied for 14th best all-time. Good job, Dave. And that's it. Notice how TJ didn't say, it's a disgrace that Kingman isn't in the Hall of Fame. I did not. Kingman had a very pedestrian batting average of 236. That'd be good now. He like he'd be fourth struck out more than 1,800 times, which is the fourth highest total in MLB history at the time of his retirement, and had a low on base percentage. Yeah, 236. Has been passed by uh, Tampa Bay Rays legend Mike Mike Zanino Zanino. Zanino. with his 112 batting average. (laughs) 236. He'd be fighting for the triple crown this year. In 1992, his first year of eligibility for the Baseball Hall of Fame, Kingman appeared on three ballots. Three. <laughs> three. Thus excluding him on. from future voting, becoming the first player to ever hit 400 or more home runs without eventually being inducted into the Hall of Fame. What a scrub. TJ, you yeah. bumped Joe Morgan for this shit. I sure did. Good job. I'm glad. This was fun, making fun of this, this guy. This guy makes that scrub Jim Rice look like a Hall of Famer. Well, Jim Rice is a Hall of Famer. What, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, he's in the MLB Hall of Fame. So is There's Dwight Evans. no way. No. So is Dwight Evans. Look it up. Okay, fine. Here we go. Google. We're going to do box score trivia part two. Jim Rice. Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame, stupid. He was inducted in 2009. Well, that's why Dave Kingman look, makes him look like a Hall of Famer. Because he is one. <laughs> that, and I mean, let's be honest, 400 and whatever you said home runs is a lot, but no one. Steroids, yeah, we know. With a career batting average of 236 should be allowed admittance into the Hall of Fame. Well, well guess what? It's getting ready to start happening a lot. Let's Mike Zanino is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame in 10 years. How he's his career batting average is like one seventeen. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> gonna have twelve hundred home runs here soon. So, Timmy, we're out of stories. So, what does that mean? That means it's my turn. Mm. Good job, producer. <laughs> that means it's my turn. Mm. Let's go to Timmy's trivioke. I'm walking on sunshine. Oh my darling, you look wonderful tonight. Okay, <laughs> World famous racist Eric Clapton. Right. Timmy's Trivioki. Good news is I've limited the producer's amount to screw us over this, so we're actually going to get to sing along with the songs now. 
You are oh. welcome. Mm. Song number one. Clue number one. Uh, too sexy for my shirt. Too Not in 1984. Oh, no, well, he's doing it anyway. Hurts. Well, he, at least he covered up the ugly part. He looks like Hercules Hernandez here in 1984. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I'm not wearing a jockey on my face. Oh. He, he looks like um, Hercules. A conquistador. Fat Nandez. Or a ding, or a ding dong. Fat Nandez. <laughs> Song number one, clue number one. It was released in March of 1984 as the second single from Night Ranger's album, Midnight Madness. I, I'm sorry, did you say Night Ranger? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm out. You gotta call me Nighthawk. <laughs> <laughs> Clue number two. This song has been used in several films, including Boogie Nights, Superstar, Friday the 13th from 2009, and Beneflex 2023 film Air. Wasn't that Jason X? Nope. Okay. Thriller. <laughs> you are terrible. Kelly Keegan wrote you the picked song. You a Night Ranger song. Kelly Keegan wrote the song in his apartment near. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Near Davisadero and California streets in San Francisco. Davisadero. After, <laughs> after he just returned from a visit to his hometown of Eugene, Oregon. He'd San Francisco, Rice-A-Roni. <laughs> he had been struck by how fast his teenage sister, 10 years younger than he was, was growing up, named Christy. Christy. You ought to be ashamed of yourself for picking a Night Ranger song. I don't know the words of the song. We'll be all right tonight. All right, that, that song kind of makes up for it, but you should still be ashamed to pick Night Ranger. Sister Christian by Motorhead. Wait. I thought you said Night Ranger. Ranger. You said no, Night Ranger. Night Ranger. Sorry, I get that confused. This next song you should be able to decide. Well, hold on. What just happened? Was that Night Ranger or was that Sister Christian? It's Night Ranger is the, is the band. Sister, Sister Christian the is the place. Uh, nothing, nothing has to do with Motorhead. I just, I, my mind confused it. Well, Motorhead. The guy that sung Triple H's song, Motorhead. Yes. yes. Lenny, song number two, clue number one. And by the way, you guys should get to know this because I played it accidentally earlier. Clue number one is a song performed by Huey Lewis in the news, released on the third single from Power of Love. That's the power of love. You're terrible. Third <laughs> single from their 1983 album, Sports. Wait, they had an album called Sports? That was the name of the album, yes. By the way, Huey Lewis's dick, huge. What, what, why do you know that? Producer, look it up. Just trust me. Yeah, look up his, <laughs> look up, look up his manhammer on your phone. <laughs> no. <laughs> Clue number two. In April 2009, Blender Magazine listed it as the sixth on its list of the 50 worst songs ever. I'm drawing a blank on Huey Lewis songs. Well, no, you had the power of love. All right. The power of love. 
listen to the listen to the very end of this clue, by the way. Clue number three, the song was inspired by a gig the band played in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland rocks. Can you listen? Cleveland at the time was known for its rock scene, but the band remained defiant to claim the believing of their hometown of San Francisco had a better scene. After playing the show... (laughs) Dave Kingman. After playing the show, Lewis relented with initially the title phrase of the song being... Lewis C.K. The heart of rock and roll is in Cleveland. The heart of rock and roll. The heart of rock and roll roll is in Cleveland. They say the heart of rock and roll is in Cleveland. Song number three, clue number one. What a pansy. This was the first single released from Bruce's 1984 album, Born in the USA, which we covered earlier. Born in the USA. Born in the USA. Incorrect. And became the biggest hit. It became the biggest hit. Not that song. Helping the album become the best album of his career. Bridges of Madison County. What? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Cashbox, which I'm Dave loves, today. said the song, quote, is classic Springsteen, gutsy vocals set to a hard-driving backbeat, and, quote, an added surprise is the addition of the synthesizer to the inspired playing of the E Street Band. Bet out of hell. I don't know. Glory days. You Googled it, you cheating prick. No, I didn't. It's still it's Yeah, you still did. You your phone it's, right now. It's still you, in there. You're viciously mad. I'm on Facebook. The video is a straight performance video with Springsteen not playing guitar, allowing Glory to days. To invite and a young girl's eyes from the audience. Days. Performed by Courtney Cox. To dance along with him. Oh, on the stage at the because they made an SNL skit about it. What is it? Courtney Cox dancing the video. Damn it. Dance is, the, dance is good. You're getting close. Mm. Dancing in the dark. You are terrible at this. Hey, oh, wow. I, I took the chance away of the producer screwing this up. Three in a row. You fucking suck. I don't have the song. Yeah, how, how do I look now? How do I look now? <laughs> dancing in the oh. dark. Still fat. It is dancing in the dark. Still fat. What a dick. <laughs> what a dick. Welcome to Bro's Production. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, Heart of Rock and Roll was number two and number three? <laughs> no. I don't know. And number four and number five, apparently. I didn't know it was a collaboration. It was not. <laughs> Stories that missed the cut June 1st. All right, hit my music. It's yeah, time Dave, for please, how you seen it. Please go. <laughs> we weren't doing that. Oh, it's time for Dave's phase. Have you seen it? Our life together? When do we ever have a life together? Come on, sporto. Level with me. You slipper the hot beef injection. Go to hell! 
All right. This week we have Uno Movio. One? We have one movie. <laughs> we have one movie I've seen from June of nineteen eighty four, not named Ghostbusters or Gremlins. The point range for this movie is somewhere between half a point and ten points, depending <laughs> on how it goes. You just want to make sure DJ wins. <laughs> On a budget of eight million dollars, our only movie this week grossed more than one hundred and thirty point eight million at the box office. Pretty good. A martial arts master agrees to Karate teach Kid. A- Damn it, mother father! Wow, he didn't even get to the first sentence. Nerd. Half a point for ten. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I have to say about that? They say the I will give you a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars if you can name the artist of the song in that scene. You're the best. Night Ranger. Incorrect. (laughs) Night Ranger. Lone Ranger. Incorrect. What what I love about this movie is there's a grown adult who's perfectly fine. With his karate protégés breaking another child's legs. <laughs> That's what I enjoy about it. That's such a great movie, though. I, I, it's, it's fantastic. Miyagi, and I didn't realize it in that one clip, Miyagi makes that movie. Of course. It's not the same without Miyagi. But, like, six-year-old me, boy, I had a thing for Elizabeth Shue. I still have a thing for I'm, Elizabeth Shue. 41-year-old me still has a thing for Elizabeth Shue. Are you Shue. kidding me? 44-year-old me has a thing for Elizabeth yeah, she Shue. she is hot. The, in, in by the, the way... Boys, Smoke Joe it. Bean Esposito saying you're the best around. When she was uh, when she was on CSI, mm. 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 tomorrow she's gonna look. Mm. Mm. Do you know we're not gonna say that too though? This wrestling show we're about to cover. The wrestling show itself wasn't bad. Wasn't one of the better Mid South episodes we've watched. Got a little racist at times, but a few. Um, it started, we'll ended, and was racist in the middle. Between. There yeah. was a lot. Yeah. I mean, but hey, guys, Bill Watts is not racist. Mid-South Wrestling, June 30th, 1984. I like the intro video for the show, but the music's weird. Sounds like we're on a yes. spaceship. Yeah. We see Boyd Pierce dressed like Steve Martin in My Blue Heaven, and Bill Watts, Bill Watts looking like the Gerber baby all grown up. <laughs> we have an extra Superdome show this year for the World's Fair in August because we went from Nashville to Nolens. Wow. I can't wait for the ghetto street fight. Oh, there's more on that later. Slightly racist. Great, Boyd Pierce is here for 30 seconds, and then I guarantee he's going to be silent for the next hour. More Not true. Later. Not true. He did talk. He spoke times. one time. And then, great, they get an extra Superdome show this year. That's what I get for my birthday, apparently, because that's mm. when I watched it. 
Yep. Now we see Dr. Death Steve Williams with a TV championship medal around his neck, and it pisses me off just to say that. <laughs> He's talking with Jim Ross and seconded by Terry Taylor, and apparently these two just got done filming a guest spot on Miami Vice with these clothes on. Who wears green khakis? Me. Okay. Then out walks Buddy Landell, and he's challenging JYD or Sonny King. Why is his hair blowing so much? Are they outside? I just want to know where Dr. Death won his gold medal at the Olympics. What event? Probably Rio de Janeiro. He won his uh, gold medal in drugs. And I'm pretty sure there's a reason he never made it big in WWF, E, WWCW, CW, whatever. All for all. He was horrible on the microphone. Exactly. Correct. My God. Oh, look, it's Terry Taylor. More of him. <laughs> I just thought Dr. Death and Terry looked like they were getting ready to go golfing. They know. did. It was an interesting wardrobe war choice because they were yeah, actually I, feuding. And then Terry says, hey, the yeah. Terry says he has to fight from the bottom up. Speaking of, we were on with Efren last week. We were. And he talked about fighting from the bottom. No, no, Efren fights for bottom. Different one, sorry. And I'm not sure who the blonde guy was, but he sounds like Tommy Rich. That was Buddy Landell. Eh, same thing. Hey. Match one. JYD versus Butch Reed from the Superdome show. This feat, this is feat. This fight is a ghetto street fight. My lord. Butch Reed's fighting attire can be described as an accountant who's finally had enough. <laughs> JYD is wearing a lovely tucked in white t-shirt, jeans, and cowboy boots. Butch Reed starts whipping JYD with his belt. When JYD starts his comeback, we get a ref bump, and while the ref is down, Landell runs in and elbow drops the ref for... Shits and giggles, I guess. I mean, he was already down. JYD gets a roll-up when in runs Ernie Ladd, who double leg drops JYD, and Butch Reed gets the win. Why is Butch Reed wearing a shirt and tie? He just left his other job. Who in the hell in the ghetto fights in a shirt and tie? In the ghetto. Is this not a ghetto street fight? It is, but I'm still not entirely sure what that means. If and they said you can come dressed any way you want. If somebody says you can come dressed any way you want for a fight, I'm not wearing a shirt and tie. I'm wearing Road Warriors <laughs> entrance gear. That's fair. No, dog, I'm gonna wear this tie. Little <laughs> chainsaw. And did this building have any lights? <laughs> they were using a flashlight just around the wrestler. That's where Boyd Pierce was there in that show. <laughs> and now we're gonna, flashlight. We're gonna mag tar, light. We're gonna around. tar and feather someone. Is is that a thing in the ghetto? Do they tar and feather you after a ghetto fight? Buddy Landell. Well, he's well, the he one deserved got, it. He got feathered. I didn't see much tar there. No, like, it, was, it wasn't tar. We'll come back to that. Superdome not very full considering this lighting. Apparently, the first three rows weren't very full. And I love you can come to the way any way you'd like. And Butch Reed wears a fucking tie. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Knowing Bill Watts booking, he's probably going to have him make a noose out of it. Yeah. He did choke him with it. This match is not sanctioned by Mid-South Wrestling, but it's using one of the referees. What? 
Well, at least there wasn't a uh, contract signing for the non-sanctioned match like we just saw. Correct. Watts looks at the crowd wanting the dog to go. He will here in a few months to the WWF. Indeed. Their editing is trash because it just keeps jumping around. Mm-hmm. Ernie Ladd was literally 100 years old here. <laughs> I don't 46. Think he was, I looked it up. He was 46. Okay. Wow. I was just going to do that. He is a year younger than AJ Styles. That's amazing. <laughs> why is that? Why is he the baseline? I don't understand that. <laughs> do you think that if white wrestlers were wrestling this match, it would have made a ghetto street fight? No, that's going to be wall- my next thing. I want to take part in a ghetto street fight with another white dude. No, it'd be a Wall Street fight. <laughs> And can you tar and feather someone without tar? Because it's like maple syrup. That's what they got. I just really hope that this match at the Superdome show was the main event, because if I was on the ring crew, I'd quit. Speaking of people leaving for the WWF, Wendy Richter up next. Speaking of which match, too, Wendy Richter takes on Princess Victoria. The second and third moves of the match are full Nelsons. As a matter of fact, the majority of this match was a full Nelson. <laughs> Part of the way More on that. This- We'll get part to that. Of, <laughs> part of the way through this full Nelson contest, Jim Cornette comes out of the trophy in his hands. He was already winning Slammys in 1984. I love that Bill Watts says, Ronnie West. He says, uh, Ronnie West, it was only a two count, Boyd. And Boyd doesn't say a word. Of course. Boyd's not allowed to talk in the middle 58 minutes of the show. He's literally pitching to Boyd Pierce, <laughs> who says nothing. <laughs> Because he probably was staring at the entire time. Don't you say shit. This is my show. (laughs) (laughs) Easiest job ever. Just sit there. Yeah, just sit there in your sky print suit and just don't say a word. You you bring us in and you take us home. That's all. Don't correct me when I call him Dugan every time. Dugan. Oh, it's so annoying. Victoria goes for a roll-up. And I'm going to say it again just for fun because people have argued with us before on this show about this. Bill Watts is a racist. This show proves it. Yes. Richter reverses it and grabs the tights for the win. Pretty sure Ghetto Street Fight proves it. But there's more. Wait, but wait, there's more. Oh, there's more. It gets better. It gets, well, that's the word you want to use. Sure. After the match, we have a Cornette promo, and he's in a normal suit, so he hasn't gone derby shopping just yet. Even in 84, Cornette had the promo down. After this, Dugan attacks Cornette. (laughs) Then it's two (laughs) on one. We call him Dugan now. (laughs) It's two on one with the Midnights against Dugan when Terry Taylor evens the odds, I guess. I don't know if I want Terry Taylor coming to my side. Enter Boyd Pierce. They first announce Wendy Richter, show her, flash her name on the screen. And then they announce Princess Victoria. Show her, put her name on the screen. And with her name on the screen... Boyd Pierce, Princess Victoria being announced in the yellow. Well, that's why he wasn't allowed to speak. (laughs) Those are the only words he spoke during the entire show. Princess Victoria being announced in the yellow. The the yellow. Princess Victoria was only 22 here. And Wendy Richter was a pretty big name in women's wrestling by this time. Wendy Richter looking good in this match. So... I thought Princess Victoria was looking pretty good. I'm not arguing that either. So here we go. Princess Victoria apparently was on the fabulous Moolah episode of Dark Side of the Ring. She was. 
She's one of the girls that Fabulous Moolah took all her money and stuff from. So she was totally redneck. We get that. But Victoria was the one that defended her on the show. Oh, really? The only know. one of the former girls that defended Moolah. The only one out of 77. Yeah. I'm pretty sure 95% of this match was submission holds. Full it was Nelson. a Paul Nelson. Yes. That's all it was. Paul they Nelson do, and a roll-up. They didn't do much moving around. No. And you'll never hear anything else about Princess Victoria over in the yellow. Mm. Because with her one and a half years spent in the WWF, she now says she's disabled and has to get around with a wheelchair sometimes because of the toll wrestling took on her body. Oh, that deserved the Barbacher Bar horn. I don't know if that deserved that. But I loved at the end, old Hacksaw Jim Dugan coming out and <laughs> committing some sex crimes, just making out with Wendy what? right there. Just <laughs> yeah, that, it, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> grabbed her by the hair, bent her over backward, and kissed her. Well, After he threw Cornette across the arena. Better than bending him over frontward, I guess. Wow, women's wrestling has changed. You don't say. First off, they don't call it a girls' match anymore. No. no they I'm, here's this girls' we, match. Pretty sure Boyd Pierce went to sleep. During well, again, he match. pitched to Boyd. He didn't say anything. He, <laughs> exactly. he went to sleep. He's probably smoking. What? And I didn't know Wendy Richter was part of the Midnight Express. I didn't either. That was interesting. And I guess now we know where he got the Ho Champ from. Oh, I guess we should mention that uh, the trophy Jim Cornette brought out was uh, he made Wendy Richter an honorary member of the Midnight Express for distracting Dugan with a kiss. That's why he forcibly kissed her later in the promo. Match three, the Fantastics take on Pat Rose and Barry Orton. Here comes the Fantastics and cue that cryjacking, baby. Here they come. They, they're coming to the ring dressed as valet attendants who will also give you one hell of a dick dance. Barry Orton is the brother of Bob Orton, according to Bill Watts, and they honor the lineage by having Barry be a complete jobber here in this match. The Fantastics hit a double team over overhead press, kind of, because they missed it, and get the win. All I have to say is, is this Barry fella is way better than his nephew, Randy. Sure. <laughs> Did you guys know Barry Orton has been permanently blacklisted from the WWE due to sexual harassment allegations? Yeah, because they take those seriously in mm. WWE. Um, they they, wouldn't, he, they he, wouldn't allow him to be the chairman. The right? only person allowed to sexually harass around here is me, pal. Um, he's, got no, he's got no money well, for NDAs. Hold on now. Barry Orton wasn't the harasser. He was the harassee. Oh. oh. That's that's a twist. Orton went on the Phil Donahue show in 1992 and made some pretty damning accusations against one Terry Garvin. Mm, oh. According to Orton, in a 1978 trip on the road between shows while employed by a faction of the NWA, Garvin repe repeatedly asked Orton to give he, Garvin, that if he, Garvin, could perform oral sex on him. But Orton kept refusing. Orton kept the story secret until other stories broke about Garvin sexually harassing young ring boys while employed with the WWF. 
Orton also killed a young woman in 1986 while driving drunk. Lord. There there could be a dark side of the ring on him. He wanted to join the WWF, but they would not sign him until his legal matters had been taken care of from a drunken driving death that killed the passenger in his car. All right. Well, yeah, just go on to the next. Yeah, no. I got uh, nothing for this. Damn, Dave, crush that one. Um, there could be a dark side of the ring on Barry Orton. I, so here's the thing: I've actually heard of Garvin. There could be a double, a double-edged dark side of the ring on Barry Orton. I, I've heard of the Garvin incident. I didn't realize it was Barry Orton. And this so might Barry, explain why. I'm guessing Barry Orton was driving. I don't think it, it was just dangerous. Barry Orton with Garvin. If no, Garvin was driving and trying to perform oral sex on Barry Orton as the passenger, that'd been very dangerous. Also, uh, to to men out, other men out there, or women even, if you're riding in someone's car and they continually ask you to perform oral sex, you are well within your right to just open the door and throw them out while you're moving. Not yeah. if they're driving, though. It'd be bad. Sure, if they're driving too, fuck them. And pull yourself, a, apparently, just pull, pull a police academy and just take the wheel over and drive. match four by far the best match of the show Crusher Khrushchev and Butch Reed take on Mike Jackson and Mark Reagan Butch Reed looks like a million dollars here in in Mid-South and the ref I just heard is Pee Wee Anderson who we know from WCW he was the ref that was fired in front of his kids on television by Eric Bischoff that was so great great one of the better things they ever did Jackson is old here and keep in mind, he wrestled for Impact like six years ago. Um, keep in mind. 70. Keep in mind. I saw Action Mike Jackson wrestle two weeks ago in Huntsville, Alabama. You're kidding me. <laughs> I swear to God. Because he was 70 when he wrestled for Impact. Yep. I That's saw crazy. him wrestle for Rocket City Wrestling two did weeks he beat, ago. Did he beat he won. Uh, he won in like duty. a 30-minute match that took forever, and I was 30 over. minutes? So he every match on that that night was like th- the thing was four hours long, a four hour long independent wrestling show with people that suck. But they have like eight big people on the roster, including Big Booty Judy, who's awesome. And yeah, she's awesome. But uh, it was bad, 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 bad so bad. And <laughs> it's he does the Undertaker thing where he walks the ropes. But the action Mike Jackson thing is is. He walks all four of the ropes, so it takes like four minutes. That that is the proper response to that. Are you shitting me? I was so, in the crowd. Was, Pull him down. I felt pretty bad for him because he was there beforehand and he had his table with his action Mike Jackson sign. And he's gotta be 76 years old now. He's in his he's like 70 something. Let me look him up. Swear to God, saw him wrestle what? Yeah. Three weeks ago when I was in Alabama. Look that up. I'll finish reading this here. Because I sat there, I'm like, and I asked Cassio, I'm like, who the hell's that guy? He's like, that's Action Mike Jackson. You know, Cassio country. Love it. Action Mike Jackson. You know what they think about Action Mike Jackson? He's 73 years old. What speed was that? <laughs> That was bizarre. <laughs> this combination of Jackson and Reagan are getting a lot of offense here in this match. Ronald? Here. 
And I can hear Cornette in the back yelling, who are we pushing? Robert Reagan. Khrushchev gets the backbreaker on top of his shoulders for the win. This match would have been better with Bill Eady teaming with Khrushchev instead of Reed. Of course. They totally would have demolished these jobbers. I loved Barry Darso as a Russian. I mean, you better is better than a guy that's the repo man man gimmick. Yeah. You you watch this match and you see Butch Reed. And you see how he moves and how he wrestles. How did he not do more? I don't get it. I don't understand. Well, he was supposed to win the Intercontinental title. Yes. He was lazy. I think that was kind of the gimmick. But, I mean, my goodness. He was, in for 84, he was the shit. Wow. I I just, that was the one question mark in this whole show. How did he not do more? Match five, Buddy Landell was set to take on Sonny King, who looked like he was 70. But now Landell has his arm in a sling that looks like it's made out of a dress shirt. He brings a mass wrestler to the ring that is clearly Hercules Hernandez, but they're calling him Mr. Wrestling 2. We get another ref bump here when King gets a mount and starts punching, and, and this is where Bill Watts says he's getting on him ghetto style. Ghetto style. Again. Good Lord. Landell hits King in that. You know, it's funny. He didn't say Barry, you know, uh, Krusha Khrushchev was getting on him one ghetto style in that match. Landell hits King in the head with a chair to no effect because, well, you know. King clears the ring after this. Buddy Landell's like the heel face of the company, right? Yes. Because he was all over all the shows. And, I mean, boy, they really brought up the nature boy, Buddy Landell. It was terrible. But old Tampa Bay, Florida legend, Hercules Hernandez looking swole here. Hercules is another one. Had the tan to prove it. Had another one. How did he not do more? I don't get it. But, like, everything involving African-American wrestlers is referred to as ghetto style by Bill Watts. He's that racist, you guys. Obviously, it was Hercules under the hood. I thought Sonny King looked like Lou Gossett Jr. from Iron Eagle. Here. He did. I thought so, too. <laughs> and I, I bet Bill loves it when they jerk a muscle. I don't know what that meant. Oh, yeah, that came Nothing out. will ever top when somebody got body slammed and he was talking about how that could tear your anus. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was talking about the planet, which was weird. I can't believe Buddy Landell was faking an injury. He just... What a dumbass. All right, here Not we go. Here's something we haven't done in a while. Over under. Sonny King here in 84. Well, he retired in like 86. So, so. let's do over under. We'll do 44. Over. 46. You say you both say over? Yeah. Yeah. He was 39. What? He, he was already, five years younger than me. He, he had saggy man titties and his... His tights were pulled up to under just under those man titties. You what know what he did happening? when you know what he did when he retired from wrestling in 1986. Retired from like went to a retirement home. I don't I don't know. He worked in a junkyard. I'm starting to hate you having control of music. <laughs> You're almost as bad as Quelo with his interruptions and his chair. Yeah. Main event. 
if, I laugh, I also laughed at this main event because I don't know if we should call it that. Ernie Ladd takes on two jobbers. I don't like saying that jobbers that is, but um, we never get their names because enhancement uh, talent. Because out comes Magnum TA, but don't worry, nothing happens but screaming. This is how we go off the air. So did you guys hear the loud thud on the floor when Ernie Ladd threw the second jobber over the top rope? Mm-hmm. That dude splattered all over that floor. That had to <laughs> I wonder how Ernie Ladd would have been in wrestling if he wrestled now instead of then. Honestly, he'd look pretty normal, I think. I mean, he was tall, but he wasn't. He was six foot nine and weighed like 385 pounds. So he'd have been. And he had the promo. Yeah, he had the promo. That's what made him different than anybody else. He had the promo. And all I could think was that was the least eventful segment I've seen on the show. But I am glad Boyd woke up to the last two sentences when they took him out. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the script, Boyd. Welcome to Mid-South Wrestling. Mid-South Wrestling, yeah. We'll see you next week. No, you forgot. Princess Victoria in the yellow. In the the yellow. In the yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to be back next week in the yellow. But if you enjoyed this week's episode, please let us know. Give us that five-star review wherever you get this podcast. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at FFPopCast. On Instagram at FilterFreePopCast. And follow the network at FilterFreeNet. As for us, you can find us on our social media platforms at Timmy C. At Timmy C. 1979. Dollar Bill Dave. At Dave in the QC. And I am at T. Stevens 91. Next week, we're covering a first here on this show. WWECW from June 3rd, 2008. That's right. We're going to punish ourselves and you in the process. No. We didn't start the fire at Universal. Coldplay hits the shelves. King Felix launches a majestic bomb. And so much more. This has been the Filter Free Podcast and so long for now. Joke of the day. Wait, what did 50 Cent say to his grandma after she sewed him a sweater? I don't have any idea. Gee, you nicked.